Good afternoon, and welcome to the Embedded Executive Podcast. I am, I, I, I'm an embedded executive, I guess. I'm the Executive Vice President of Open Systems Media. I lead the embedded IoT teams here for embedded computing design. My guest this week is Duncan Haldane. He is the CEO of JITX. And I got a feeling you don't know who JITX is. So that's where <laughs> I want to start. Hello, Duncan. How you doing? Hi, Rich. I'm good. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. What is JITX? What do you guys do? Yeah. So JITX is a way to write code to design boards instead of taking the usual graphical approach of Googling for parts, reading PDFs, drawing a schematic, drawing the board. So it's graphically writing code. Is that what you're saying? No. It, so you use code instead of the graphical approach. Like definitely we got some graphical UIs to control like routing algorithms and stuff like that. But primarily you're writing code, try to stick close to the requirements level. So when you write your engineering spec, that's what your code should look like. And then when you run that code, it automatically produces a schematic and it automatically produces a board. How does it automatically do that? Magic? Yeah, well, a lot of work, a lot of algorithms. Uh, basically, you the code kind of is a way to automate the usual engineering process you have at, at every level, like down to like, this is how I adjust my land pattern uh, solder mask for the for the materials and factory rule set I have. So all of that is code. And when you run it, it's just a way to automate model-based engineering. And then behind the scenes, we have a bunch of solvers like, this is how you make a good schematic automatically that humans can read, right? This is how you uh, can route a trace on a board, right? So a bunch of algorithms like that, that your code controls. So is it such that you guys have written this stuff in the background? So I, so just so I don't have to do that because it's like already pre-configured models? Yeah, a lot of that. So we spend a lot of our time writing the solvers so that when you write code, it's just a bit more powerful, right? So you can say like, I need a resistor that like between 10 and 100K and here's my supply chain, go find a good one. And we have the solver that takes that and gives you like a real part back. We have the data that goes along with that. So you know how to check the correctness of that resistor in your design. You know, we have the, the we write the algorithms that like draw really nice schematic wires for you. So you don't have to like draw your design and then make sure it's correct by like not drawing a wire incorrectly. So people have been writing embedded code for longer than you've been alive. Very, very clearly. True. Why all of a sudden <laughs> did you decide, nah, that's not the best way to do it. I got a better idea. Oh, well, I think embedded code is very natural, right? And like uh, what we're replacing is like the usual CAD flow where you're going to be like drawing a schematic and then like wiring a board by hand. And the analogy I draw there is like when FPGAs first came out, people programmed them with schematics, right? But it would be wild <laughs> to do that today. People use a code-driven workflow because it's much more productive and much more correct. Why is your code more efficient than somebody else's code? Oh, I don't think that anyone else has code in this space, right? So this is like, you know, I'm going to design a, a VPX backplane. Here are my slot profiles. Why are the data planes up? Like, that's code they can write in JITX. They can't, there's no other language that creates hardware that way. Right, so I'm not replacing C for embedded code, right? I'm replacing like the hardware design flows. That is really interesting. Um, so are there particular applications that could take better advantage of this? 
Oh yeah, there's a bunch. Um, so where do we see the advantages? Um, places where there's a lot of reuse, where you're doing some standards-based design, you could take like like that big like thousand-page standard document and just kind of turn that into code and then use it programmatically. So I mentioned like BPX backplanes, you know, these like beta standards for how to do these ruggedized computers. Um, but this doesn't already exist. What what you're doing? That's not already out there. I I I'm, no. I, I was assuming it was. Is that shame <laughs> on me? Yeah, no, it's nice to think so, right? It happened for chips back in the 80s, right? Where Synopsys was like, hey, put down the schematic drawing tools. You're going to write code now and you're going to make more complex processors and they're going to be higher performance. Uh, that happened in the 80s for chips, right? It didn't happen for boards ever, right? Because boards stayed simple for a while. You didn't necessarily need the a tool that can deal with the complexity in the 80s. I think boards got really hard in like 2008. You got iPhones, you got data centers but oh all the tools are locked into this kind of graphical approach right so this is us just like you know what we need a modern approach for modern circuit boards so i understand this properly where in the design process would you guys come in at what point at the very early stage when i'm trying to do my prototype that's right yeah so we come in at like once you kind of have your engineering requirements your first draft like you're turning that into JEDEX code and you run it and it, it, our model is like, you want to get like as close to the factory as possible automatically when you run your code, right? So it, it'll take you through detailed circuit design and component selection and supply chain engineering. Uh, importantly, like we added checks. So like a way to actually automate your schematic design review to make sure that all the automated choices that the tool made are in fact correct and your board will work when it comes back from the factory. So yeah, the, it kind of inserts at the requirements level and it's it's just like a big pipeline of automation that every time you run the code, it just like runs your entire design flow. That's usually, you know, in hardware pretty serialized, right? So now do you own some portion of my code and I got to pay you royalties? Absolutely not. So we we just released the tooling. Uh, the, your code is yours. Actually, it stays local on your computer. It's not a. It's, it we have cloud, like component data and supply chain optimization features. But like your design stays local. Like we work with defense contractors, and we like we do not want your data. It is yours. It is your design. Uh, and like the the automation code that you write, that is also yours. Like just like you're, you're programming a microcontroller, you don't owe royalties to microchip. So how do you guys make money? What's the business? We sell the tool. Yeah, we sell the tooling. Okay, yeah. so is it is it a license where it's for every board I produce, I I need a seat for lack of a better term? No, we just license like we have license standard license pools, right? So we just license on a per user basis, per you know per seat basis, because uh, the goal is like. I want people to like really cut loose with this. Like they should be able to crank out more designs more quickly and not be like punished for that with more costs. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's much more the model of like, here's the tool, go crazy. Do you, this might be counterintuitive, but is open source involved in this at, at all? Or is, is that how you would lose money? No, not at all. Um, like what I am trying to enable is like actual meaningful open source for hardware. It's like right now people have open source hardware designs, but it's this like pretty fixed concrete object, right? So like in software, I can upload a library 
and like a hundred thousand people can download it and run it and change it. You cannot do that with hardware, right? You upload a hardware design, you got a schematic and a board. And if you want to adjust the schematic or the board, you got to do that. Each person has to change it. And to change it, they actually need to understand usually the complete functioning of that board to make sure that it's, mm -hmm. you know, not going to go pop when their new version comes back. Pretty cool stuff. So how long have you been doing this? It's been a while in the works. So, you know, I was getting my PhD in robotics at Berkeley and, you know, I was a research scientist. That was my job to design, new, build new robots. Uh, and I got tired of spending all my time as a hardware engineer and a bit annoyed that people that weren't hardware engineers couldn't do as much science. Like that was just not okay with me. So I met my co-founders. This was back 2013. And they're like, can we start automating hardware design? Because they they were actually just coming off a project automating chip design. So I was like, that's good. But how do we apply that to like literally the rest of design and manufacturing on the planet? Like, how do I make a robot compiler? Right. So that, that was the original motivation. Uh, so we worked together on the side. <laughs> so we were never like funded to do this. And then we spun out uh, the company in 2017. Very cool. Very cool. So where would somebody get more information? Uh, our website is www.jidx.com. It's okay, uh, but they can also just email me. Like one thing that's like, we're creating this tool that is meant to make a lot of things better. And the most important thing is just like honest feedback from like, I just want to hear what people think. I want to like get their ideas. So I can share my email with you. Maybe you can share it out to the community. Go ahead, go for it. Oh, yeah, d.haldane uh, at jidex.com. There you go. Well, thank you very much. It's been very enlightening for me. Um, next time I build a robot, you'll be my first call. <laughs> thank you. That was Duncan Haldane. He is the CEO of Jidex, and I'm Rich Nass with Open Systems Media. You have a great day, Duncan. All right. Thanks. You too, Rich.